Hey, is this week's lesson little time of trouble? Is that what it is? Well, I thought it was about conflict. Yeah, I thought it was as well. Well, anyway, that's what we're going to discuss. Conflict. So welcome back to The Home Place. My name is Paul Rain and my lovely wife, Carolyn Rain. And each week we've been summarizing the Sabbath School lesson and we're on lesson number 10 this week. Little times of trouble. Or was it conflict? It was conflict, definitely. <laughs> we're not going to get into conflict about whether it was conflict because we both agree it was about conflict. Conflict in the family. Um, do you ever have conflict in your family? If you do not ever have conflict in your family, please check out our website and find a number to call us because we want to talk to you. Um, because <laughs> we'll have we, you on here. <laughs> our family's had our fair share of conflict and I'm sure yours has too. And to interrupt, as I yes. always do, it's totally normal to have conflict, to the, work through conflict in the family. Okay, so do you suppose Jesus had conflict in his family when he was a little boy? Yeah. Yeah, we know they did. We know he did. Yeah, they were picking right. on him. He, he right. wasn't a part of the conflict, but the conflict was there. And I'm just realizing that I could have caused conflict by what I said, and that is it, is it God's plan that the family would meet conflict? No. No, it wasn't his no. plan. But for now, where we are in... Pre the fall, there was none of that. The fall of Adam and Eve. On yeah. earth. Yeah. Right. But now, just for the world we live in and who we are mm -hmm. and who we associate with, there's going to be conflict. Um, and some of the conflicts that we might bump into in the family would be, and we've been in family ministry for a while, so all of these we have dealt with, and not necessarily in our own family, but kind of vicariously through the families mm -hmm. that have mm -hmm. come to us. And, you know, sometimes a mother struggles to let go of her son, but now her son is married. <laughs> and now the mother is still trying to have a big influence in the son, but the son's got a wife and the wife doesn't appreciate that. And that is conflict in the family. I really pray that I don't do that. Yeah, well, we haven't got married children yet, so <laughs> pray for us. Another one is that the father becomes checked out of family. Mm -hmm. You know, he's given it his best and, you know, nobody's interested. So he checks out and he checks out of religion and church and just kind of goes off and plays golf. Um, that causes conflict mm -hmm. for the rest of the family, mm -hmm. you know. Um, kids, you know, as our kids... Um, start being dishonest with us and having a secret life and we know what's going on but they're not telling us. That's terrible. I you mean, mean they, could, they could do that? Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying every kid is going right. to do that but that's a fairly common thing that happens in families. Or if you've got young people, you know, young adults in the family and, you know, they're starting to pull away from everything you've instilled in them as they grow up and, and just walk kind of, away from the Lord and walk away from the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's it's conflict. It's, you know, mm -hmm. so how, how do we work our way through that? Well, it's hard at the best of times, but, you know, if you bump into conflict with somebody, you know, at church, some of the solutions are, <laughs> I'm not saying these are good solutions, but they are <laughs> solutions is you go to a different church or they go to a different church. Or if it's a big church, you go to the same church, you just don't bump into each mm -hmm. other. And it kind of resolves it until you're over it. And then, you know, give it a year or two, you make up and things are good again. But you can't do that in the family. No. You can't just say, hey, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to another family for a year or two. So mm -hmm. it's a little bit more difficult in the family because we're in each other's company day in, day out. So Sunday was about 
conflict. <laughs> um, there's a great. Uh, did you? Are you going to say something? I was just going to say. My wife is always going to say something, so I like to. If I hear a little, <laughs> like that, I know she wants to speak. I was just going to say. So how do we avoid that conflict in the first place? And good question. Um, I got. A text. Did you have Matthew seven? No. Yes, I do. I have Matthew. Okay. I have this one first. Okay. Um, it says here, the start of an argument is like a water leak. This is actually the contemporary English version. So stop it before real trouble breaks out. And that really caught me. I mean, I hadn't <laughs> read it in the, the CEV before, but it's like, yeah, conflict, arguments, they're little at first. And when they're little, the tendency is ignore it. Mm -hmm. It'll go away. You know, don't want to make a scene. But as you, as, you, uh, as you ignore a little leak in a pipe, it gets bigger and mm -hmm. bigger, and it doesn't normally just solve itself. So it's the same with argument. It, when it starts, deal with it at that. And when I say deal with it, I don't mean just launch right in and hammer out. We'll talk about that more later. But don't ignore the little conflicts because they will turn into bigger conflicts unless they don't. And with. I'm going to touch on that a little bit later. Okay. Alrighty. Good. Um, you wanted Matthew 7. Here's Matthew 7. Yes? Yes. I'll read it. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And I was just going to say how to avoid conflict in the first place is to not microscope everybody else but right. take a look at yourself because oftentimes a lot of the issue is right here and when we deal with it here it's easier then to see clearly what's going on elsewhere rather than becoming confused because we're blind by the thing in our own eye. Yeah we've seen situations where um, somebody sees a fault in you or us and all they can then do is focus on that fault and they talk about it and they make it bigger and bigger and bigger and they're not telling you and you don't know and it's getting bigger and bigger and all of a sudden, boom, mm -hmm. the friendship's off. Mm -hmm. And it's like, whoa, Where that, did that that's, come from? that's called evil surmising and it's so easy for all of us to do. So, and, and evil surmising is a, such a sinister well, it, it does an invisible work. In a family. It, it, it's, it, it separates people and some people don't even know it's going on. Right. And, and whether that be the church family, your extended family or right within the four right. walls of your own inner circle family. But evil surmising is just an evil thing. Well, and it, because it's, it, 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 it you start creating a whole idea in your mind and emotions go with that based on something that's not even true. Yeah, and it's the exact opposite of uh, Matthew 7. Matthew 7 says, deal with the plank right. in your own eye, not just trying right. to get the, you know, the and speck out of your brother's eye. And start letting all kinds of yeah. thoughts build up. Anyway, none mind. of that was in the notes. <laughs> um, be honest with your own faults is what I got there out of Matthew 7, and don't focus on the other person's fault. And then another, another scripture here, Proverbs 19, 11. And th this was really good. It says, the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger. We're going to deal with anger in a, in a minute. Um, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. 
overlook a transgression. That is a big way to deal with conflict. Right. Overlook the transgression. Not the, now this has got to go with the other verse of not just ignoring it, but if genuine, you okay, they did me wrong. It's okay. I forgive them. I overlook it. I don't need to rehash this. I don't need to go evil surmising. I don't need them to ask forgiveness. It's all dealt with and we move on. That's overlooking uh, rather than magnifying. And I don't know what the opposite would be of overlooking. It would probably be, you know, making a mountain out mm -hmm, of a molehill. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So another great verse from the wise man there. Um, I have a verse to add yes, to that, which is it's kind a of, verse day today. It's a verse day today. <laughs> kind of along the same lines. First, first Peter chapter four and verse eight says, "And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins." It's just dealing with it just straight up that way, so that when you have that love. A lot of that stuff just goes out the window. It doesn't really matter anymore because right. love is in place of that. And I think it goes hand in hand with that verse that you just yeah. read. Love covers, and we we know that intuitively. Hey, if I let this go, if I overlook it, it's not going to become a deal. But if my self or my ego is is giled up, what's the word? Jiggled. I'm Jiggled up, that's it. <laughs> then we can make it into a scene. You right. know, I, I wrote down in my notes here, uh, be willing to lose the argument, whatever conflict it is. Be willing to lose that argument by applying love and winning the battle in the end. Rather than, you know, because the lesson brought this out. Sometimes we look back at those things that we disagreed with, you know, five years later or ten years later. And it's like, that was pathetic. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was a little boy, I couldn't have been more than 10. Um, my dad and I and my grandfather went off to buy a car for my grandfather. And it was, I, it was the first time as a little boy I'd been involved in negotiation. And my dad and my granddad were offering 300 and, you know, pounds, British pounds for this car. It was ages <laughs> ago. And the person selling it wanted 325. And, you know, my family was saying, no, we're not going to 325. We're sticking at 300. And the other guy said, you know, we're, we're not going down to 300. Oh, no. Anyway, so we walked away. And we went back home, and I still remember this to this day. <laughs> we went back home, we met my grandmother. And she says, oh, where's the car? And says, oh, we didn't buy it. It wasn't, uh, you know, we couldn't agree on a price. So what, what was the deal? How far apart were you? Well, we offered 300, they wanted 325. <laughs> I can still remember it like it was yesterday. And it was like 40 years ago. My grandmother just said, get yourselves back there and buy that car for $25. It's not worth arguing about. And boom, off we went. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> argued with her. And she was such a gentle lady. <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting you you talking about that because, and I'm just going to be real. It's good to be real, right? I'm just going to be real and say that in my personality makeup of who I am, one of the big parts of it is conflict avoidance. I keep out of the, so hearing him talking about um, negotiation in my family, my dad was, I guess, kind of like me. So if that was the price, that was the price. Right. And I didn't bump into this negotiation stuff until you and I got together and it was like, whoa, get me out of here. I just want to run away. And you know, that might be a good thing. Maybe that, that lends to more peaceable spirit in the home. But conflict avoidance taken to its ultimate conclusion is not a good thing. No, because it, it's back to that, that uh, Bible verse we had there. The start of argument is like, 
uh, a water leak. I guess your personality right. is, there's a bit of water coming out of the pipe, let's not worry about it, don't want to deal with anything. Just just and pretend then, it's not there, put a cup underneath it and catch it, yeah. and we, won't, we won't deal with it. <laughs> and, and it's funny, but actually it's quite serious. Right. And even though I'm 50 who knows what, I'm still learning how to face things I don't want to face that are conflict type right, things. Right. So I don't know how we got on to car <laughs> negotiations. Oh, I, I did, I did. It's um, <laughs> be willing to lose the argument and win the battle. You know, uh, what does the $25 matter if you if you end up getting the car that you or were? Or pounds. Or pounds, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. Um, Monday was about um, principles for handling conflict in marriage. But we don't know anything about this because we've never had any conflict in marriage. Because <laughs> I'm a conflict avoider. Because <laughs> she's a conflict avoider. Let's just be really real, okay? It's not down here in the notes, but our personalities are quite different. And um, put it this way, he loves to be on the church board and I haven't been on the church board in like 25 years. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of, not where I used to be. Honest. Right, so right. You can't hold me in an no, old mold. No, but 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 that sort of stuff isn't something you run away from. Right. Whereas for me, it's like I don't need that stress. Keep me out of yeah. there. I think as we get older, you're more getting into dealing with conflict. You're not quite as afraid of it, and I'm more afraid of it. So we're kind of balancing each other. Well, out. and maybe that's because we're both getting kind of rounded yeah, off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how do we deal with conflict in marriage? I guess the first thing to remember is that. You married a sinner, just like you. <laughs> you know, it's the best sinner you could find, I guess, at the time. That's why you married her or him. Um, but nevertheless, you didn't marry a saint. So, you know, there's going to be conflict. Right. Um, I know for us, um, when you think about marriage and you think about conflict, and really with any conflict, but especially in the marriage, because the marriage, you can't run away from it. You can't say, okay, you know, I'm going to another church. You know, I'm going to live well, with another people, lady or whatever. People do, of course. Yeah. But that isn't the answer. It isn't God's answer no. just to separate and divorce. Um, that was given, Moses said, because of, of the hardness of your heart. But really, it was God's intention for us to be able to work through these things. And for me, there's either there's one of two options. The, the first option is you're either going to just hold your ground and just wait for the other person to be just like you. Um, that's not going to work. <laughs> or you're going to go down the forgiveness route. Mm -hmm. The forgiveness yeah. 70 times 7. The forgiving over and over and over. And it's not... 490 times it's right. just you just keep going and, and that's two options i think right and and this forgiveness is not about that they deserve it so now you're going to forgive right that's that's not what real forgiveness is based upon real forgiveness is whether they ask for it whether they acknowledge they need it whether they deserve it none of that is relevant it's a choice that we make to forgive yeah but that that's so somebody and in this case the closest person to in your life has wronged you deeply and you're like okay i don't want to get a divorce so i gotta forgive but i don't want to forgive mm -hmm. because you know this was a bad one i mean this was really bad so how do you get from I don't want to be divorced, but I don't want to forgive either. And we've got to live together. And now we're not talking to each other and we haven't talked. How do you get past that? 
It's the only the Holy Spirit is the only way right. I know. Right, it's, it's a battle that's won on your knees, mm -hmm. not. And as you said, it's it's getting to the point where you're willing to forgive, even if the other person doesn't even well, recognize it. Well, because you are forgiving for your sake, right? Not necessarily just theirs, because the alternative to for, to not forgiving, that unforgiving spirit winds up in bitterness and hatred and the only person that hurts is you is right. me yeah the person who's not willing to forgive i'm working through a really great book called forgive to live by dr tibbet and it's a really excellent book and it really lays out about the dangers of bitterness and what that does to the person unwilling to forgive. So it's not about the other person saying, oh, I'm so sorry, and now, oh, you're sorry, good, now I can forgive you. Forgiveness is not about that. Right, right. There was a text here, uh, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference mm -hmm. to one another. In other words, it's I see it this way and you see it this way and I'm gonna go with you that's you can't do that in human flesh right. that is totally impossible well and then in comes humility which is a great big part of right. this whole topic because when we're proud and we're going to hold to our rights and this is the way it's going to be that's when we can't flex and yeah. we can't give and there is no forgiveness yeah. so yeah just summing up uh conflict in marriage you got to go down the forgiveness route you can't go down the bitterness route mm -hmm. because What's that yeah, going to do? Bitterness. Well, and this doctor in this book outlines how health destroying to the person unwilling to forgive that bitterness is. Totally. It yeah, can actually... and it doesn't do the other person any harm. No, any, it doesn't. Any good either. It doesn't. So. Okay, let's move on to Tuesday, which talked about the, the role of anger mm -hmm. uh, in conflict. Um, anger, I think, is it's somewhat of an inevitable result of conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, if you grew up in a home where anger was displayed and even and anger was, you know, kind of vented on you as that, that's a seed planted that will pop up and start, you know, working its way out. And anger management isn't something necessarily that it's easy for us to talk about, you know, just on this 20 minute mm -hmm, program, mm -hmm, because that, that's a topic yeah. in and of itself. And oftentimes the solutions for anger are more one-on-one -on -one specific than general principles. But I think there are some general mm -hmm, principles mm -hmm. that we talked about. And that is, again, you've forgiveness lays the groundwork for anger to go away. If there's an unforgiving spirit, that creates a atmosphere in which anger can develop. Mm -hmm. And if it goes on and on and mm -hmm. on, eventually something's going to well, trigger that, it. Well, that unforgiving spirit then goes underground and anger is kind it's of like a pressure boiling. cooker. It is. Yeah. Or like uh, a volcano. It's right. just kind of under the ground and at some point it's yeah. going to blow. Yeah. So some of the things we can do to help with anger is remove some of the anger stimulants that might be mm -hmm. in our life that we we feel that are unrelated they might even be a escape from the anger and the unforgiveness for instance somebody you know say you and i had an issue you know or the husband and wife had an issue the husband might go off and write forget this, you know, I'm not going to divorce her, but we're not getting on. I'm just going to go out. I'm going to get into, you know, playing, I don't know, um, just some aggressive 
sport somewhere or watching aggressive sports or getting into watching you know aggressive movies or mm -hmm. playing aggressive video mm -hmm. games those things and sometimes they say it's to let out your anger but i think it's feeding the right. anger so right. we got to also examine what are we eating and what are we drinking if we if we we were just studying this in worship yeah. if you're eating yeah. and drinking highly stimulated stuff you're going to be highly mm -hmm. wired mm -hmm. and charged yourself and so it's not even a case of don't do those things if you've got an anger problem um, don't watch those things, play those things if you've got an anger problem. Just don't do it, period, because then yeah, if you run in. into something that is going to open up the way for anger, then you've got all of that to, to kind of fuel the fire. Right, right. And you can't do anything about your past. Right. I mean, if your parents beat on you and made you angry as a kid and that's all inside of you and now you've got problems here and that anger's coming out, you can you can deal with what you've got now. You can't change the past, and, and but you can change the present if you're into aggressive movies right, and games and stuff right. like that. And some people are more prone to anger than others. Yeah, definitely. Because some of, people have know, inherited that. It's been yeah, a hereditary yeah. thing. And so we're not trying to beat up on those people that have that. But we're not going to be angry say, with the angry people. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> but just to say that, yeah, this is a battle that's harder for some than others. But then others have other battles. Yeah, yeah. We all have we all have our battles to fight. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can't point the finger mm -hmm. at an angry person and say, oh, look at that, you know, because, you know, that's what's your weakness, you know, obviously pointing out right. the faults of or others. Or the, when... the peacemaker conflict avoider actually is a problem because right. then things don't get dealt with. They just get squelched. Right. There was a text here mm -hmm. that um, is a well-known text. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Uh, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Right. And it's a reminder that those things do have to be subdued. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's move on. Wednesday was conflict, abuse, power and control. Mm. What was this all about, wifey? You don't know, do you? <laughs> I was actually looking at Thursdays. <laughs> you were looking at Thursdays. Okay. I, well, there we was do... a verse I was about to bring in and realize it's on Thursday, okay, so I'm leaving right. it there. <laughs> so we, we were looking here again. We touched on this last week about abuse. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Abuse, again, is a it's a human way or a human fruit of dealing with conflict. Uh, maybe the conflict's over here, so you abuse over here. Maybe you abuse the one who, because you have power over them in the or conflict. Or maybe there is no actual conflict at the moment, but it's just something that, again, a lot of these hereditary things, if they are not dealt with, come out just, yeah. they just do. Don't let your carnal, angry, unforgiving self abuse somebody else. Right. You right. will not be happy. How can you be happy just venting? That's another term mm -hmm. that's often used, venting. I'm just venting. Well, you, like that's an okay thing. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, venting is a good thing. We need ventilation in the house. We need the, <laughs> we need the bad air to go out. That's why we have that little fan in the bathroom, yeah? That, that's my, my greenhouse is venting all day at the moment. That's right, but that's that, you, you don't you don't have those things inside and express them out and say, oh, that's, that's, I got that out now. Uh, unless it's in a resolution mm -hmm. type of way. If it's just in a venting way, it's not good. Well, I think this, this topic is so much viewed as normal. And, you know, TV 
what people watch these days, all the movies, oh, yeah. anger and violence, abuse, it's like norm. It is, it is. We watch it, we behold it on a regular right. basis. And so is it any wonder that it comes into our life? So we've got to watch what we're watching. And, and people do, I mean, when we fly, you know, I'm not listening to whatever people, you know, I can see the person in the, in the aisle, across the aisle easier than the thing in front of me. Right. But the stuff people are watching. Yeah, and that's in public. Is desperate yeah. and you can't hear the words but the violence and the anger and all of that that's coming out on these things is just appalling so viewers by beholding we become changed that's right we're encouraging you get away from that stuff don't get feed a, it get out we're going to post a video later in the week this is coming out on wednesday on friday carolyn and i had a beautiful day yesterday mm. we went biking up in the wilderness in the in the high country of glacier national park and we just did a real spontaneous video uh, <laughs> so that's coming out and we a, survived we're here you can see that's right yeah we're somewhat <laughs> stiff and achy but um Conflict, abuse, power, and control. I guess we, mm -hmm. we didn't cover that hugely. There was a text here. Were you going to read 1 John 4, or was that me? That was you. Um, yeah. I don't know if I had a text for that. Uh, I didn't. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Mm -hmm. He who does not love, sorry, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. If you are abusing somebody and you need to examine whether you are not, oh no, this isn't abuse, you know, I'm just kind of manipulating them. That, that's a manipulation <laughs> is abuse as well. Then you're never going to be happy doing that. And they're never going to be happy. And it's not, it, it's not a Christ-like um, action. So I encourage you to get out whilst, whilst you can before it traps you and you're in it for a long time. That's right. I, I think the reason I got caught out looking at Thursdays and missing Wednesdays because Wednesdays is conflict, abuse, power and control. Right. And Thursdays is forgiveness and peace. And my peace-loving <laughs> spirit wanted to avoid Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah, let's do Thursdays. Thursdays is, is more I of like a Thursdays. to Wednesdays, yes. Sometimes I think we make religion way more complicated than it needs to be. It's really simple. There's a verse here that just, it's, it says, treat others as you want them to treat you. This is what the law and the prophets are all about. This is the golden rule. The golden rule, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. So rather than going down the, you know, you... You did that to me, I'm doing this to you. Yeah, it's the, it's the, how would we want to be treated if we messed up? Right. We'd want to say, hey, it's okay, I forgive you. Let, let's not worry about it. You know, you're sorry. Forgiveness I... isn't about whether you should have done it. Right. It's about, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, because let's face it, between us and God, we shouldn't have done any of it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we did it all, and he forgives us anyway. And, and uh, the Lord's Prayer, and forgive us our debts. Mm-hmm as we forgive others. So really, just the poor aim paraphrase here, in proportion <laughs> to how much I've accepted God's forgiveness is how much I'm gonna forgive you. Mm -hmm. Say that again. If I've, if I've realized I'm a sinner and God, is, and I've accepted God's forgiveness, I've been humble and said, God, 
I really messed up. Thank you so much for forgiving mm -hmm. me. That saved my life, <laughs> which it did. Then we will be willing to forgive others. So if we are not willing to forgive others, it's because we haven't really mm -hmm. experienced the forgiveness coming from God. So we're self-righteous. So if somebody has an unforgiving spirit, they are dependent upon their own righteousness because they've never really right. been accepting right. the forgiveness from right. God. Right. It's pretty powerful stuff. And, uh, and when we don't forgive, particularly within the family, it, it goes to the church family and extended family, but in our family circle, when we don't forgive, we start to build a wall. Yes. Which the devil is very quick to give us bricks to build because yeah. he knows once that wall is there, then it's very difficult. And forgiveness is down. one of those ways of taking bricks out of the wall. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, definitely. we... we <coughs> Can I just put this verse? Yeah. This was right here at the end for me. That's right. Proverbs yeah. 15 and verse 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. I believe that's key to breaking down a lot of this, having a soft answer. Well, because conflict largely is caused with words mm -hmm. or with texts these days, <laughs> I guess, or emails. Um, so a soft email, <laughs> a soft text turns away wrath. Um, so yeah, that's um, forgiveness. We, that would be a good one to spend a lot more time on, but it's been the prevailing theme, I think, Throughout through this, this whole, whole week, conflict yeah. study. Yeah. Next yeah. week, we will be looking at families of faith. How does a family um, get um, influenced and how does it influence the culture around us? Because mm -hmm. um, we're here in North America. I know some of you viewers are in other parts of the world. How is your culture and how is our culture shaping our faith mm -hmm. and how should mm -hmm. it not be? That's what we're going to look Sounds at next like week. Sounds like it's going to so be real interesting. This is Paul and Carolyn from The Home Place. Join us next week. Actually, join us in a few days' time when we post that Glacier Park biking video. <laughs> All right. God bless. Bye-bye.